This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Phillies lost pitching coach Brian Price as he retired to spend more time with his family. But with that being said, they have hired a new one. And he's young, younger than me. Caleb Cotham. He's joining me right here on Pine Tar for breakfast. Coming up next. In the air to left field. Going back on it. It is gone. Kevin Franzen sends everybody home. Ball there. Coming down. down. What up and welcome to another episode of Pie Talk for Breakfast. I am your host, Kevin Franzen, at Kevin Franzen on Twitter. A bunch of you guys have responded to the last one with Corinne Landry and Dana Parks, two females in the front office who are they're kind of a big deal when it comes to the Phillies. And with that being said, big changes are happening. And a good thing, great thing, a young thing. It's happening to the pitching staff, and that's the pitching coach. Head pitching coach for your Philadelphia Phillies, Caleb Cotham. Caleb, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, this is cool because, like, look, I don't – usually when I uh, – usually when I interview a coach, he's, like, 30 years older than me, 20. <laughs> so I got someone that's younger and, and you know, have a good conversation about this. But congrats on the, the hiring. Uh, first off – your first thoughts, like just like the reception that you've had from the Philadelphia fans, uh, and, and let alone the pitching staff, the guys that you're you're going to be with. Yeah, I mean it's it's been it's been a lot of you know talking and meeting people that you know <laughs> that's that was most appealing to the job. It's just all the good people and the good stuff going on. Like yeah. it's it's been really cool to you know get to know those people and get to know like what everyone's thinking, what they're trying to do. And honestly, it's, you know, starting that process of calling the players. Like I'm going to start that this week. I wanted to do, you know, a little bit of homework. And, uh, but that to me is, that's what I'm most excited about is get to know the players and, you know, just how do they see this thing and what do they want out of it? And how can I help basically like the, that's kind of it. I mean, I don't, I don't probably have a good pulse for the fans. I try to stay off Twitter a little bit, but yeah, it's a know, good call sometimes. Just, yeah. Yeah. I'm super <laughs> humble to get the opportunity. Like it's, it's a, it's a great organization. It's a great city. Um, it's a great place to win. And I, I couldn't be more excited. Yeah. And it's a great place to make adjustments too, as far as uh, obviously, and everyone knows it's it's been well documented last year's historically bad bullpen and 60 games does not tell the whole picture but it did for that season right i mean that's what we were given 60 games and the numbers were proven and and so some of those guys won't be back some will in, in your you know and i don't want to call it short experience but as a coach cuz as a player you know the the feelings of of competing you know what it's like to be on the mound to struggle to have success how do you build that relationship with that pen? 
and 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 guys that you know might have been affected by last year. Even if even if it was sixty games, it's still there's there's numbers behind it. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you kind of hit on it. It's you know, last year is over. It is this year. Those guys are good, and I you know, it's always one of those things like it's you know, hey, these guys are bad or good, and like these guys are some of the best pitchers on the planet, and I don't want to forget that. And it's just finding ways to get you know, 1% better. Cause they're, they are really good. There's a lot of things to like, and you kind of hit on it too. Like that season was so weird. There were so <laughs> many things you're having to, you know, you're having to manage mentally, physically that you just don't typically have to. And I want to acknowledge that too. But I think the, the message is, you know, this is this year, last year's over and let's just, let's go get better. Cause I, I do believe, you know, at its core, all you know, players, coaches, everyone in baseball—they want to be better every day. So it's just building, you know, the the toolkit. Uh, myself, the staff, to support them and how they want to get better. Can we use all the stuff at our disposal to do that? And then, you know, it's a lot of just getting to know the actual players and you know who they are as people. And you know, then you can start getting at you know that 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 one word, which is adjustments. Like, yeah. can we make faster adjustments? Can we? you know, address something that doesn't linger for a week or five outings. It's, you know, can we, can we be on top of it? Can we, you know, notice a mechanical change, notice a pitch change and have a, you know, something surrounding that, that we can address it maybe the next day in catch play or get off the bump really quick. Um, I think it's all those you're trying to pull and all those levers you're trying to pull from and, you know, adjust, but really it's, it is a game of adjustment. So how quick you can adjust and how well, you know, yourself and, how well we're doing as a staff and coaching staff to, you know, manage those and take care of those for the players so they can go out there and just play the game and go do what you do, right? You're really good. Go do what you do and we'll take care of that stuff. So you don't have to worry about that. It frees them up, I think, a little bit. Um, It's just kind of, it's all that. And um, it could be one of those things. It could be all of it, but you're trying to, you're trying to, you know, cover as many bases as you can to make sure that they are set up for success as much as possible. Yeah. I mean, that's, the greatest coaches out there that they're that's what their number one goal is to have their pupil have their you know their player be put in the best spot so with that being said i think you mentioned it a, a, a few times in the your zoom introductory zoom press conference uh was the ability to use edgertronic rapsodo your eyes and, and, and what the guys want like how mm-hmm. important is it like, is it one of those things where you go, okay, what do you want? Or for you, is it something that like maybe is very subtle and you just having that conversation with the guy? Because look, Brian Price was fantastic as far as the personal interaction. I don't know when it goes to the technology part, right? Because we were so far up, you know, this year and, and not being able to see everything. Sure. Uh, but there was a connection there. The previous years, it was just like, well, it's one way or, you know, no way. How do you describe your is it pitching philosophy? Is it your relationship yeah. philosophy with the players? I think it was. I, I think it would be more uh, specific with his relationship part, right? Yeah. No, I think I think it's one of those things. If you have a, this is my personal belief. Like if you have a hard set in stone one liner philosophy, I think you you probably miss some things. But I think if you approach it from they're a player and human, or they're a human first, player second how they experience like, some guys the are game. some guys are players then human second too you're like Damn, yeah how are sure. you? <laughs> that's probably me right? uh, 
No doubt. Like, you know, it's, it's just so interesting, like having, I just call it like just having the range to apply all these things to different types of people. Like, and I, I go back to like, you, you do want to develop good pitches. You want to learn to throw them where you want, and you want to learn how to plan those pitches based on the hitter that you're facing. And that's, you know, that's, that's what everyone, everyone kind of says, like how you manage the count. But I, like the thing that if there's probably one thing that, you know, I think really, really matters at the big league level, it's just viewing this, this game, like the soul of the game is this pitcher batter confrontation. So this, this, that, that that's the soul of the game. And how, how many things can we help prepare the players and the pitchers to enter into that deal with as much trust and, you know, confidence as they possibly can to free them up to play that game and have that dance with the batter Mm. like can you create an edge to um you know it's it's just one of those things like if you have that edge like you have a shot you can always come back to that and like me versus you mindset Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of guys get stuck in me versus me um like they're battling their thoughts their mechanics their pitches so really for me the tools the the tech the the data it's just can we can we create some sort of really clear feedback loop that we're, we're working to get better, you know, marginally every day based on how, what I want to get better. You know, there's some aspect of, you know, Hey, have you thought about this and really coaching through questions to, you know, get them to, to see, um, to answer those questions. You really get to know them that way. Um, I have no interest in like, Hey man, you need to throw, you need to, scrap this and you need to go all this and that because this is what this is what this spreadsheet says yeah now that can give you some clues to what you might need to you know do a little bit more of or at times if you're facing a really good hitter you might have to stretch yourself to you know because the goal is to get them out the goal is to get them out as long as you can throughout the game to do it as efficient as possible so it's just pulling on all those things um you know, the Edgertronic and Rapsodo, like I just, they're kind of just truth serum, right? Yeah. It's tying that feel versus real. Um, some guys want all of it. Some guys want none of it, but I do think it helps. Like the guy that doesn't want any of it, that, that conversation is really cool because you can figure out like a way to, I don't know, maybe it's just in the background, right? Like, yep. Hey, this is who you like are. It's for We're you. just going to yeah exactly <clears throat> we're gonna make sure <clears throat> sorry we're gonna make sure you stay exactly who you are and that's how we're using it um some other guys like hey i want more x on this pitch or y on this pitch like yeah we can talk about that i think it's just being prepared f- for me personally for the ra- the full range of those conversations well, um i have no interest in telling you what to do because you're throwing the ball right like yeah, so you have to know for sure has to go through the player what's your favorite part of whether it's that conversation or the you know the the technology that is at your disposal being able to see and develop um like what's your favorite part about you know that aspect of the coaching yeah with the tech yeah yeah so i i I think it's it's just that light bulb moment where you know it was it was one little thing maybe on a grip that you can't really perceive, like if I'm throwing a ball 90 miles an hour, 95 miles an hour, like I have a good feel of what that ball comes off, like coming off my hand, my body, but it's really tough to know like the nitty gritty, like 
is my index finger getting in the way of my curveball being a really good curveball? Is my grip hurting me in some way? Is it helping me in some ways? And I think using that stuff uh, really, really efficiently, not all the time, but it can, it can be one little thing, one little grip change, and it's a fundamentally a different pitch afterwards and almost like pitch to pitch, right? Yep. So I think that those are the coolest ones. It's not always like that, right? Some guys you look at it and it's, it's a tough problem. It's a tough riddle to solve. Um, but, you know, it just gives you, it, it, it really helps just train the coach's eye. Like it's just, a, like I said, the truth serum. So you can, by using it, you can then calibrate your eyes. So if we don't have it, like we don't feel lost. Yeah. So it's just, it's just another piece of it. But for me, the coolest thing is, you know, something that's like a really low hanging fruit. You look at it once you're like, Oh, well, if we just did X, this pitch will be, even better, even if it's a good pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like mastering what we're good at. Like, how can we dig in on our strengths and use those to make our strengths even bigger strengths? Like when I'm going glove side with the slider compared to arm side, is there something different in how the ball's coming off that we can, you know, use some some really stock cue to accomplish? So then taking all that stuff and working it back to something that makes sense for the player in terms of a cue that's, you know, external and I can go take into the game. And the, the absolutely coolest part is seeing, you know, that that show up in a big league baseball game. Oh, like sure. it helps them get more outs. And that, that's the coolest part. That That's what fires me up is, you know, seeing those changes that show up in competition, that it's simple, like it's made simple. And you see that light bulb moment, right? Like for the pitcher, because you've had them as a as a as a pitcher yourself, like you're like. I'm I'm sure during a game you might throw one or two pitches and you look over the dugout like, damn, you see that? Like, because I know yeah. as a hitter, there's those moments that you're you're in the cage with the your your hitting coach, and you take it to the field and you're just like, uh huh, there it is. Yeah. So, you know, hearing you say that, I mean, it's it's refreshing because that's a that's an old school teaching moment, right? But it's mm-hmm. teaching. It's just what it is. Uh, you know, yeah. like when, when when you talk about you know, like, let's say an Aaron Nola, he's 28% change up last year, 26 curveball, 25 fat four seamer and 22% uh, sinker. And you're seeing, I mean, that's a pretty, you know, quarterly mix. And it's like, at times you're going, you, you ditch pitches, right? You like too quick. How do yeah. you, how do you kind of guide your, not only yourself as a pitching coach or pitcher, whatever it is, but to, to keep that confidence in certain things. I mean, like, look, I'll take it. Even a step further, last year on his changeup, teams hit 217 off of NOLA, right? 290 OPS or slugging percentage on it. And in his curveball, it's like 188, 412. So his his bad ones were getting mashed. But it was sometimes it was the point of like just continuous, I'm, I got to get this over. I got to get this mm-hmm. over. But what it goes down to for me is like his fastball, teams hit 109 on it with a, a 326 uh, slug on it. I'm going, why don't you just live off that? I mean, it, and, and look, that, that's just from a hitter. I'm going, if that guy's just dominating me with this, why are you showing me other stuff? Like how, how do you kind of, cause I look, th- this is <laughs> new age stuff as far as being able to game plan and do things, but sticking to, to a strength of a guy and being like, look, have confidence in this pitch. How do you get that across? Yeah, I mean, Aaron Knowles is the example because he has so many options. Like he, he, he is almost at times too many. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's it's 
it's a it's a good problem to have. There's mm-hmm. no doubt. Um, and I think <clears throat> a lot of that, specifically at the big league level, I think it comes down to really knowing like the team you're facing, really having the answers to the tests in a lot of ways. Like, do can we can we really know who these hitters are like at, at the core so that we can plan as well as we possibly can. So I think sometimes, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, uh, I don't like, he has so many good pitches that are good, but it might not be the best pitch to this guy. So I, without knowing him, without really digging in on him uh, yet, which it's coming, but I think it's, it's, I have so many attack plans and variants and what I can do. It's just really clearing the fog on the the performance on the hitter on this pitch in these spots. And I think the planning and stuff and having a good plan going in really helps with some of those usage patterns. Cause I, you know, it's not like, Hey, your curveball is really good. You should throw it 70% of the time. Well, that's that, what it was the year before it felt like. <laughs> sure. Like it. And like, listen, like curveballs or curveball sliders, they're, they're for sure harder to hit than fastballs, but yeah. if you have a really good fastball, we have to use it. So it's, um, you know, can like left-handed hitters, can we do X a little more? Can we shift 2% to this, 2% to that? It's not some huge sweeping sea change of usage, yeah. but it's just planning our stuff as well as we possibly can and going out and then playing the game. Um, that, that's that's the funnest part for the, like, the game prep and really having a feel, like really individualizing this pitcher batter, like each batter acts differently. They have different tendencies. So I can mix and match all my good stuff really intelligently. So then I have, I've almost stacked the deck in my favor because we have the ball, the hitters don't, they're always guessing or anticipating something we're going to do. So can you disguise something? Can you try something? Can you, you know, hold something back and all all that, like that's the game, right? Yep. Um, For a guy like Aaron Nola with all those options, like that's the, that's going to be a really cool conversation to get to know him and how he sees that. But you know, I don't, I don't know if there's one like stock answer, right? It's just yeah. the hitter does matter. And like, these guys are good. So let's just plan our stuff really well and attack them. Well, it's fun. Cause like we got to see, you know, for so many years, uh, Zach Wheeler and, and facing him, I was like, dude, you, you don't need to throw anything other than your fastball. Cause like it mm. right out of his hand, you're like, okay, I see it. And then you go to swing. You're like, dude, that's by me. Cause it's so effortless. But this year we saw way more sinker, Right. And, and we saw more pitch to contact and it was, it was kind of refreshing because the guy was getting deeper in every game and it's like, okay, so getting on a, 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 like, you know, for you, a a veteran guy and, and, you know, you've had your work with, with plenty of veterans. I mean, Sonny Gray in the last year, uh, Trevor Bauer last couple or, you know, I, I, either way, uh, they have an idea, um, about who they are. They know who they are, but being able to, you know, help them out in, in everything. What is like your biggest message to a veteran pitcher? Like, because to get that trust and, and be like, Hey, look, I have your back. Like I, I want you to succeed. It's not about me. It's about you. Yeah. I mean, it's probably, it's it, that, that probably that's kind of dovetailing off the last one. Like the, the more veteran are, the more, you know, yourself, the more, you know, you have a really, really good plan. I think it shifts a little more to the prep and, you know, nudging things to be better because the goal of the game is to get them out. So how how do you do that the best? And, you know, there's a huge efficiency part of that. There's a huge like if you can if you can cram two seams and sinkers in on righties and they like to swing at those and it gets them out like they hit it 
hit it, you know, on the ground and we, we turn that into an out. Like I'm all for that. I'm all for, you know, finding in the right spots to when they swing that we get a miss. Um, I just think it's, it's, it's a process of getting to know because how they perceive the game, like the environment, the, you know, what is the one thing that they feel like is holding them back? Is it X or Y? And that, that's, you know, I don't mean to, you know, skirt the question, but without knowing like how they see how Zach Wheeler saw his season, um, you know, it's, it's tough. Like, because he's so good, the ask is way more on the coach to, to figure out like, what is the next step? But there's, there's always a chance to, to be 1% better. Like, you know, that, that might be more of an off the field, like recovery type thing, or can I, can I have my stuff show up a little bit more? Or can I turn some of those B games into A games by planning for two hitters in a lineup better, or taking my medicine better to move on to the next guy. It's like all those, probably in game type things and adjustments. Um, I think it starts like the, the buy-in portion of it. I mean, it's just, for me, it's starting with just, I really, really care that you get everything out. You get everything out of this game that you want. And I'm going to stay up at night trying to find those answers for you. And, you know, it's something I've always wanted out of a coach. I got it a lot of times, but I, I want them to feel like, that I want this thing for them as bad as they want it for themselves and doing everything I possibly can using the resources that we have, the people that we have to help them accomplish that. So what that looks like is so individual to the player. It might be, you know, I want to get my breaking ball a little better. I want to get, you know, I want to get an actually a really good change up that has the swing and miss. I want to attack lefties a little better. So it's, there's just a lot of different things. You didn't skirt the question. You actually answered it. Uh, what I would hope for, and that's to, <laughs> like no, because everyone, you, you, especially like the new age coaches, they have the answers right away, and they know everything. It's like no, it's refreshing because that that to me is is something that you know I'm going to get into right now, which is about your college, and we're talking to new head pitching coach for your Philadelphia Phillies, and that's Caleb Cotham, and he's joining me right here on Pine Tar for breakfast at Kevin Franzen on Twitter. Uh, you went to Vanderbilt and you played for, for coach Corbin. Uh, Derek Johnson was your pitching coach. I do believe at the time. And uh, he is now one of the most highly sought after pitching gurus uh, in in the big leagues. And, and to me, I, I don't know. You go through driveline and and you've had, and we know the success of what driveline has done. Uh, but there's a philosophy, there's a mindset that I feel like most guys from Vanderbilt come out with, um, not only the talent, but there's there's a, a a knowledge, right? A knowledge of what you guys are doing on the mound. Uh, hmm. You guys are willing to challenge yourselves with the technology. Um, so, com, you know, combine that whole thing in, in Division One baseball, you guys were the start of it. What is it about that program? Not like set aside the talent please, because it's a, it's a different level. Um, but when it comes to coaching staff and, and teaching that kind of look, it, it, it was instilled in you at some point. Was it there that you became a pitching coach in your mind for later on in your career? Yeah. I've never thought of it that way, but as soon as you said it, I mean, yes, that this, this curious attention to detail type mindset, like, I always say like at Vanderbilt, so DJ, he handled the pitching, Corbs handled the human, right? So he, 
he, the, you know, the, the, the program, the expectations, the attention to detail, all the fine, you know, all these little things that, you know, you look at on the surface, you're like, well, this doesn't matter. And you look up in three years and you're doing all these little things and it, the collect, like the collection of all those things becomes something that, you know, lives with you forever. It's like how we took the anthem was we practice it. We practice how to break down the field, how to take the national anthem correctly, how to wear hats correctly, how to wear a uniform correctly. And it's all these things, you know, you're 18, 19, you're like, well, this is dumb. But then you, you're in it a year and you're like, well, actually I, I take a lot of pride in this now. Yeah. I take a lot of pride in how we, we do these things. And we look, we look together, we look like a team. And then you, you apply that on the pitching side and DJ, I mean, 2007 he was on the cutting edge then it looked different now but he was still you know challenging the you know he, all the tools and stuff that were there like when you get there there's a whole buffet of options to to pull from and it's 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 just all those things thrown in like a cauldron you get an attention to detail and like mastery driven approach like there's better is not good enough right it's like mastery like master this master that and i think the thing dj instilled so quickly and reinforced the whole time there and 15 years going now it's just this this competition side and this mm -hmm. creating an edge and because i think he he always says like he's he's getting some silver spoon guys a lot of times at vanderbilt so like he had to create a culture of like me versus you and let's attack these guys out of necessity. And after a while, I mean, they were just, they're just getting really good pitchers. So it's not as important, but early Vanderbilt was, you know, we have to create this culture. Yeah. And I think going through it relatively early, I was there, my first year was uh, prices one, one year. So it was, it was crazy. It was a shock to the system. It's like, wow, there's a big expectation here. Um, so, you know, taking that into pro ball, it's, you know, I moved away from that. I came back to it. I always found myself coming back to it because it's that attention to detail, mastery driven approach and holding yourself really accountable for everything. Um, you know, it just leaks into every part of your life. It leaks into like when I lost, you know, fastball velocity and I lost movement quality, my knee was always hurting. You know, it wasn't like, well, this thing's over. It's like, I'm going to go search and find as many people as I can and figure out how to get this better. And that's kind of, that took me to driveline. So I think it's, you know, it's just permeated through who I am. Like I owe so much to Corbs and DJ. It's, it was the best decision of my life going there. And I needed That's it. Awesome. I needed that. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I can't speak high, highly enough of those two guys in the program itself. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's colored every, every other thing that I touch in my life now. And so then that translates, as you said, to driveline. And what did you learn in like, what was it like a, a straight path from like what you had learned to get in there and, and to, to, uh, you know, in the innovation and, and everything that, that cow body had, had, had done. It was one of those where I'm like, okay, this is, this is interesting. It's, you know, I think we, we think driveline, we think, oh, all they're teaching is velocity. Mm -hmm. What? Where, where were where was that intersection for you like when did when you went in there what did you learn well i think it was out of necessity me personally it was out of necessity i i wasn't throwing hard enough like i was getting enough guys out i was i got up to triple a and you know my i just over time like i started throwing you know 87 89 i'd hit 90 91 
And I used to be more used of to a, be average. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I just, I, I, you know, I, I think I made a decision that there's writing on the wall. Like if I don't throw harder and I don't have better stuff, like I'm not going to pitch in the big leagues. I I'm not doing everything I possibly can. And I, so I stumbled upon Kyle. He was writing, I think he was writing articles for the hardball times and I just reached out to him. I think this was 2013. So I did 2013. I did a remote program. And the early stages of driveline, like unequivocally, were reclamation, building velocity, velocity driven. Because I mean, it does it does matter. And I oh, think yeah. it leaked over in other things like moving. It it's not just like grip this and throw it as hard as you can. Like there's a, there was still a whole program. There was a really recovery focused. Um, it was moving better, moving you know, really well on the slope and then, but also challenging yourself to, cause that the thing I always remember, it's, I showed up to driveline and it's, I, Kyle was there. It was Kyle, Mike Rathwell, myself, and I think a high school kid. It was, that was it. It was in a really small one cage above a, another facility. And I told Kyle, he said, you know, he's what's up. And I said, Hey, I want to throw a hundred. And he said, have you ever tried? Like, have you ever actually tried to throw a hundred? And it's not that you're going to get there, but it does take that type of effort to, you know, take, you know, I was 24, 25 at the time. And I had so many reps under my belt that it would, it took something relatively extreme to get back to, you know, 92, 93. And that happened in a month for me just by testing my limits and, but, but paying attention to how I felt and all these things. And it's really interesting because, you know, those guys are really close friends now and seeing the evolution that it's shifted away from that. Like that is definitely a part of it, but I would say even in the early days, the velocity portion of driveline maybe accounted for 5% of my week. If that, it was one time a week that you got to, so it was almost, you had to do all this other stuff to earn the right to do the velocity stuff. Like if you just came in and like just did the velocity, like, yeah, you're going to get hurt. So you have to do all the other stuff, the boring stuff to earn the right to do the cool stuff. And now, I mean, it's just grown so much. Like, you know, they're way more time spent optimizing and nudging pitches better. And, you know, the motion capture, the hydrotronic, the systems they've built, the facility they have now, it's like, it's incredible. Oh, it's incredible. And, you know, they're just, their range of how they can impact any type of player now is pretty robust. Like they can, you know, they can help a Clayton Kershaw the same. They can help a 17 year old high school kid. Um, it's a cool culture. It's, it's a culture of learning and, you know, it's really interesting, like seeing what it was when I got there to what it is now. I mean, it's, it's really, really cool to see. I mean, they're, they're, they're doing some cool things. There's no doubt. Are you able as, you know, now being the, the, the head pitching coach, uh, for the organization, right? I mean, you could, now your ideas are going to go down and permeate through the, the entire minor league system as well, or at least they should, uh, is it, is it easy for you to, to make that adjustment and, and discuss and talk about, you know, driveline, even with all the driveline guys that are within the organization already? Yeah, I think it'll be a, it'll be a pretty clean transition. I mean, um, my role last year was kind of that I was the director of pitching. So I was, I was kind of providing oversight and connection to the minor leagues with Kyle um, and Eric Jager. So it was, that that's kind of what I was doing. I, I have no interest in like, Hey, this, this is my way. This is how we're doing it. Like I have, you know, I have ideas and things we can do, but I I think the, the cool thing is the Phillies are doing some incredible stuff at the player development level. Like it's, they're doing some, 
they have a lot of people thinking about it a lot of cool ways. So it's just finding, um, you know, maybe something that I'm really, really, I really believe in or that I've seen work, um, but also just listening and being open and getting to know those guys too, because they, they know the players better than I do. And they, they have a good feel for how this has gone and what we're really good at, what we need to get better at. So th those conversations, you know, the guys, the driveline guys, the Jason O charts of the world, like I do, I am friends with them. So I think it'll be, it'll be cool. Like I'm going to, I want to learn from them just as much as, you know, hopefully they might learn a little bit from me. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of good things going on. So let me uh, tell you, I texted Jason right after uh, your hiring. I was like, okay, so tell me why, why Caleb? And he, he's like, it's the best hire we've made in a long time. That's literally his words. And the reason why I asked that is because um, it's fun. I think you learn a lot when you ask a, a, a friend of yours. Uh, usually in, in my talkings with Jason over the last couple of years, he's very honest and, and hearing that right away. Uh, and he's like, he's very smart and is in, has incredible feel. And that to me said a lot about you it doesn't you don't need a long conversation to have that to understand the field you answered that with the zach wheeler question like in understanding who you are so you get to the interview process you know joe girardi you played for joe girardi there's a guy that has feel right there in in, in joe what was that feeling hmm. like with you and him that connection even though you've already known him not try maybe i don't know if you use that to your advantage or was it just more of a comforting part in the interview process? Yeah, I think there, there was some comfort there. I mean, obviously there, there's familiarity, like it, it was decent while ago and I was not very good for him. So I, I was like, man, I wish I had pitched better for you. But um, yeah, I think what Joe's done in this game and the places he's done it, the way he's done it, that was a very appealing part of this because there's just so much of this game that, I'm really excited to learn from him uh, just picking his brain nonstop and, you know, just, I, I want to see the game, how he sees it through his eyes. So there's, there's a lot of familiarity and I was honestly like really um, excited to, you know, talk to him and just the questions he would ask and, you know, being prepared for those answers. And, you know, a lot of those questions, because listen, like I haven't done it and I, I'm really aware of that. And I, I know I'm young, so I know there's a lot of learning to do, um, but I'm prepared but that, to do but that. But that's what a lot of young coaches don't think about and they don't uh, realize. Yeah, I mean, they want to come out right away like, oh, I, I know everything and all that. It's it's still that learning process. And that when you say that, yeah. that's not a forced thing. It, just in my talking to you, that's just something that you have in you. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, if you said like, hey, your first crack at this thing, you could be with Joe, uh, Tomper, and the rest of the staff, I'm like, yeah, where do I sign up? Like, Rob's the best. How many, I love him. I don't I mean, say that much about Canadians, but, you know, with him, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's just so many things, right? It's, you know, there's, there is a huge other side of this game that, <laughs> that I just haven't, I haven't been a part of. And I'm so pumped to learn from those guys. And, you know, it's, it's, it's that's just part of it right like that's how i want to operate in life it's this beginner mindset this 
it, it's a weird thing. Like the more that you kind of investigate on anything and you dig in on anything, the less you feel like you actually know. Mm-hmm. So it's just that that's, that's part of learning. Cause I, what I don't want personally is to think I've got it figured out. Right. Like yep. there, I have a good grasp on things, but understanding and acknowledging like this thing goes deep, like really, really deep. This game of baseball is really deep. Um, there's things that I just don't know. And I'm, I'm comfortable with that. I'm comfortable with, you know, what I do feel like are strengths, what I feel like uh, are weaknesses. So it's, it's digging in on my strengths and searching for one person every day, no different than, you know, kind of message to the players. Like I want to be great at what I'm good at, but also acknowledging that um, there's a lot of things I need to get better at. I, I'm sure you watched video before the interviews just to, to kind of have an understanding of certain guys or looked up numbers, looked up whatever. But when they ask you about certain guys, or maybe they didn't, are you a, do you try to tell them a little bit, but not a whole lot because you don't want to give that, like that feeling of, I know, you know, is that, is that a part of it? I, cause I've never been through that interview process. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was a lot of that. There was, you know, I did, I did some homework yeah. to prepare and there was, there was all those like kind of one-off questions and the, the second round, there was a little more of those questions. So, you know, I think with anything, like I do have opinions and I, I have kind of what, how I see it and, and crafting like maybe a plan or a, an adjustment or whether it's mechanical pitch usage, pitch shaping, or, you know, just generally how it feels watching them pitch. Um, I always like to preface with maybe. Cause I, you know, maybe, um, I do, I, I feel there's a range of confidence on certain things. Like if, you know, your curveball doesn't spin and act like an, any of the best curveballs in the game. Like I feel pretty confident that if we made that pitch better, you're a better pitcher, but there's a lot of stuff in the middle in that gray area where it's incomplete information. Like I don't know the medical, I don't know the, the injury history, the, you know, mental skills, the, just what they deal, what they dealt with last year, the year before, like what has been tried, what hasn't. So it's real cursory, it's real surface level, but you know, I think there's some things you can point to with some, like a high level of confidence that say like, Hey, if you're doing X, like there's, there's probably some, some growth there for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Like the best, the best pitchers on the planet, like all these guys that are consistently at the top of these lists that they do have a thumbprint and it's not the same. They don't move the same. They don't throw the same pitches, but there's, there's very, there's some similarities to, you know, there's a reason why Sonny Gray or Trevor Bauer or Aaron Noel, like their breaking balls are really good. Um, there's a reason why Zach Eflin sinker is really good. Mm-hmm. Like those, those stick out on the page. Um, you well, know, the, we the Trevor, fastball, like all those things. The Trevor Bauer one is interesting because you say, you know, when you bring him up and he's even said it and acknowledged it, uh, all over the place is that he's like, I'm like the one of the worst athletes, you know, and, and, <laughs> and being able to understand yourself, know thyself as Charlie Manuel would say, Hey, Hey, know thyself. Uh, mm-hmm. He understands who he is better. I think than anyone and understanding that he's like, I'm not very, but he maximizes that and understanding mm-hmm. why he maximizes that. It, it, is that a, I'm not going to say the benchmark because I mean, he obviously won the Cy Young, earned it, did everything there. But because of knowing his limitations as a uh, as an athlete to hit those marks, is it is it fun to kind of study up on a guy like that? Yeah, I mean, he's probably the funnest to study. I think he's 
he's the extreme of one of the, you know, the, the archetypes of pitchers, like yeah. the, the really, you know, everyone, we know Trevor, um, but to study him and the acknowledgement that, Hey, like, I, I don't think I'm the best athlete and here's why. And here's also why I have to do all the things that I do to consistently stay like not and skip get out of the steps. Yeah. No doubt. Like he's, he's the example for not sticking steps. Like he, you know, he tracks so many things and he's, he's dug in on so many things that he's done it in that way that, you know, he's, he is an expert in a lot of this stuff. Um, but it's interesting. Like, I think he would say it like he just enjoyed, he enjoyed playing baseball last year. Like he enjoyed the game and like freeing him up that to, to really invest in the game. Um, DJ did like, we, I, I, it feels like DJ just did, some magic on him. He, he enjoyed baseball. He enjoyed his baseball, yeah. right? Like he has all the good pitches. Um, so it was, it was a lot of like, just really, maybe, maybe you are relatively complete now pay attention to all that stuff. Cause it's kind of what he has to do to feel really comfortable and confident, but the game, like you, you probably could be better at this game, like the actual game of baseball. And you know, watching, watching the season of Trevor, like it was just a blessing to watch it and have those conversations. Cause you know, the ask is probably higher on some of these things when he's like, Hey, what do you got on my back hip? It's like, he's already dug in on all the stuff. Right. So you, you gotta be pretty you buttoned be up. And, yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta think about it and be intentional with, you know, his questions and be okay with like, Hey man, I have no idea. I'll get back to you though. Right. Like yeah. I have no idea. Cause I think he, you know, he values honesty, he values all those things. And, you know, you have to be prepared. Like, like you said, like he, he's just a really, really fun guy to be around um, watching the way he does it and the ability to like separate that. And really like when you cross the line, like turn on the other switch, like it's one of the clean, like best examples of really extreme training, not extreme in like yeah. what he does, but really in the training mindset versus when he crosses the, the, you know, the white line, it's this competing and trusting mindset um, that I've done all the work and I've trained that gremlin in the back of my head out so that I'm freed up to play the game. And I mean, he was a Cy Young, so it worked, it worked for him. So it's, it's crazy. Cause like uh, playing with doc, playing with, with Lincecum in my career, you have two of the most fascinating pitchers you could ever be around and they couldn't be two more opposite humans as far as how they prepped mm. and did everything. And Timmy was one of those guys where, you know, you know, walking on his hands and, and doing a handstand, sitting in a seat, like in a catcher's position, you're like, what are mm. you doing? That's just how he was comfortable. Just like to see, like, you know, from his first big league start against the, the Phillies where he got lit up on Sunday night baseball and he was throwing his long toss, doing everything for like a half an hour before, where he's like, that's not me. Next time goes out, throws eight pitches in the pen, and he's ready to go. Just dominated the Rockies. I'll never forget because he, he had to remember, like, this is who I am. This is how it is. And then there's Doc, who, like, I mean, I've never seen someone so meticulous, right? So those are like, when I ask you about Trevor being the, you know, that benchmark for you, those are my benchmarks because they're two opposites yeah. as far as prep and 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 how they go and the freakish talents that they were. Um, so it, the reason why I asked you that was because it's like, it, it's hard to like get it out of your mind. And when you're watching another guy, you're like Trevor does this 
and he has like half the talent, like half that athletic ability. Is like, is it hard to keep that, like, I don't know, like a, a calming presence in you instead of letting it blurt out and be like, you gotta do this, you know, like you're yeah. you're yeah. not you're not taking advantage of that talent. I know you wouldn't say that to Amir Garrett because he'd smash it, but I mean, like, come on, of of all the other guys, yeah. the, there's got to be an openness uh, to pitchers, but without that. I, I don't know. It, it's like a bias, right? Like a Trevor Bauer bias for you. Cause you know, yeah. someone that has the ability to do it, that doesn't have the true athletic ability to actually, uh, you know, or, or physical talent, I guess you could say, but he does. Yeah. I think the the easiest way I, I think of it in my head is like, can we get not guys back to neutral, but like which one are you more inclined to dig in on? Like mm-hmm. if you're more inclined to be the tech path or the the competition, like all I worry about is playing the game path, you probably do need a bit of the other guy. Like just just enough so that the guy that's world class at competing and he's natural, he's gifted, like is he doing just enough to plan his stuff really well or to cover, make sure his pitches aren't blending together or that he didn't doesn't lose his breaking ball behind the scenes. Whereas Trevor needs a little bit more of the guy that, you know, just wants to show up, show and go and go out and get them all out. Like this, it's slow dripping a little bit of the other side to each one of those type of guys. And there, obviously there's a full range of that. So it's finding that mix of, I love to compete and I love to make sure that I'm using everything at my disposal to get better. Yeah. And just finding that mix for each guy with how they're wired and what they want. Um, those like Trevor's probably the extreme over here. And then there's, you know, there's this other guy over here that like kind of maybe a Linscombe that's so good that he can just go out and he can go, he could go shut him out at any given point. But maybe there's a stretch of four or five games in the season where he doesn't do that. And it's because, you know, maybe the changeup lost sync or lost fade yeah. or, that you can you can make that adjustment quicker with at least some of the tech or some of the numbers. Well, there there's but. there's two things I think that you need as a pitching coach. Uh, you know, I'm just going to give you advice. Uh, teach Devin Williams his uh, changeup uh, <laughs> if you can. Find video to teach guys because that thing's disgusting <laughs> from the Brewers. Oh, and then the uh, <laughs> I mean, you saw it plenty yeah. this year. I mean, it was it, that thing is gross. The other is how's your oh pitch goodness. to uh, Trevor going so far after you know being hired as uh, a pitching coach? <laughs> non-existent at the moment. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, isn't that the fun part though for you? I'm, I'm not saying like the the recruiting part. I, I'm just saying like yeah. you had you know and worked with Trevor, and you saw the success, and now he's going to reap the benefits of that. And it, it's like the proud moment, right? There's a lot of people that are proud because. I feel like he's not individualized in who he's working with. He works with all you guys and he's willing to give you guys credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, is, is that fun for you to know that he's going to benefit and it has nothing to do, but he's going to give credit to you. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is cool to see. I, I'll tell you, he's the one that did it. You know, yeah. he, he went out and, and did that stuff. I, I am proud that we, if, you know, hearing him talk about it and talking with him, like that he, he felt like we helped him. So I think that's what you, that's what you want, right? Like feeling like you played your part, did your job and impacting and helping, you know, Trevor specifically, but any player get out of this game, what he wants. And, you know, it's good for him that, you know, he, 
he put it all together. He did what he did and he gets to, you know, reap the benefits of it. Like that is, that's cool to see. Cause you know, I mean, you know, there's not many guys that get that opportunity to, cause it, it's really tough to get to free agency. It's really tough to be good going into free agency. So, you know, just it, it's, it's proud. I'm happy for him. Um, really happy for him that, you know, we got to, got to go to, go to war with him and, you know, impact him in some ways, but it was just really fun to watch him go do it. Um, so the credit for sure is obviously to him, but you know, it is, it is cool to see like, you know, that he, that he feels like we helped him. That's awesome. That's awesome. Caleb Cotham. I appreciate you coming on Pine Tar for breakfast. Best of luck this year. I'll be talking to you. And again, from us on the broadcast team, congratulations. It's awesome. Uh, we're excited to have you and can't wait. Excited to be here. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. Caleb Cotham, the new pitching coach for your Philadelphia Phillies. And refreshing to have a young pitching coach who doesn't have all the answers, but is willing to learn and has obviously a, a pretty good grasp on uh, pitching, the data, the the mechanical part. Um, so I'm excited and I'm excited and hopefully for these guys, you know, having five pitching coaches in the last five years is not an easy thing. Um, so what and how are they going to respond? That's the biggest question. And and I think he and Caleb is very open and honest about that. It's, it is about the player. It's about what are you doing? It's not about us as the, the, the coaches, We'll help you out to get there, but when they get in between the lines, they're competing. So, fun talk with Caleb, and that's another episode of Pine Tar for Breakfast. Thanks for joining me, Kevin Franz, and at Kevin Franz on Twitter. Until next time. Peace. Kevin Franz is out of here. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.